Well, amen. If you're excited about your 2020, give God a good hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. I love 2020, and I believe it's going to be a year of perfect vision for God's people to see what God is wanting to do in this region, and I hope you embrace that this morning. And next Sunday, I want to encourage you to be here as it's Vision Sunday, and we got three weeks of casting the vision of what's going to happen in the year 2020, and God's going to do some amazing things in this region through TWBC and how you can be involved. It's going to be an amazing time kicking off next Sunday. Today is we're kicking off a um, 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I love this time of year. I don't love the actual fasting part, but I love what I get to receive from God as I give up something seeking His face. And so we're going to talk about that just a little bit this morning. So open your Bibles to the book of Daniel, chapter number 1. The book of Daniel, chapter number 1, is where we're going to begin. And as you're turning there, do come to Upper Room next Sunday night. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be at 6 p.m. It's amazing. We're going to talk about hearing the voice of God and what God has to say to you and how it involves your life and how you can truly hear from Him and know when it's God and know how to walk in the anointing and the power of God. And so as you're turning to Matt, or Daniel, chapter number 1, I want to read to you a quick verse out of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 6. And this is Jesus talking. And this is in His Sermon on the Mount, and the Sermon on the Mount is the first, it's the first sermon that Jesus ever did, it's his discourse, and it lays out what he's going to do in the rest of his ministry in the first, th- or the three chapters of Matthew, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and the Bible says this, it says in Matthew 6, 16, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites do, so as you're giving up something to seek the face of God, don't act like you just lost your best friend, Amen. I know the coffee in the morning is hard to give up, amen. But the Holy Ghost is a lot better than coffee in the morning, amen. Can I get an amen? I know it's tough to give up food sometimes in your favorite sweets and treats and eats and all of it, maybe, if, however you're doing it. I know it's tough, but in that, it's not what you're giving up. And if you always focus on what you're not doing, you're never going to step into what you're called to do. And so if you're always focusing on what you're not able to have, you're going to walk around like a big old grump, and ain't nobody going to be a want, want to be around you for 21 days. Yet you're going to be thinking, why is this even worth it? But I want to encourage you, don't look at what you're giving up. Look at what you're getting into. Look at what God is bringing you into. And so when you fast, don't look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces um, and their fa- so that their fasting may be seen by others. So they were using it as a way of reverse pride or false humility. They were look- using it as a way to draw attention to themselves rather than them bringing themselves into the attention of God. And then it goes on to say, truly I say to you, they have already received their reward. And so, Jason, I'm echoing pretty bad down here. Can you pull me down just a hair? They've already received their reward. And so, but when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, take a shower, amen, thank you Jesus is what it's saying. Wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And some versions say he'll reward you openly. So as I give unto God, 
in the secret place. As I go before him, as we fast, as we pray, as we seek his face, it's not about what you're giving up for God, but it's about what you'll receive from God for the next year of your life. And at TWBC, the first Sunday of every year, we start that day as 21 days of prayer and fasting. We want to start it on the first Sunday of the year. And we go for 21 days. And so if you're starting today, congratulations when January 26th comes around. You'll be finished, and it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be an amazing time, and you'll get to celebrate. And I, want, I would love to say life goes back to normal, but hopefully life doesn't go back to normal. Hopefully you've had such an encounter with God that it doesn't go back to normal. That life is forever changed, that you're different, that your family's different, that the church is different because you pressed in and, and heard from God and saw what God has for your life. And so um, food is shutting down, when you're fasting food, it is shutting down the desires of the flesh because you want breakthrough more than you want food. You want breakthrough more than you want food. And literal, the literal meaning of fasting is this, it means to cover one's mouth. To cover one's mouth. And I understand a lot of people do a lot of different kinds of fasting now. We, we fast social media. We fast some of these things. But the original intent of fasting is giving up something that gives you life so you can go to the one who gives you life. Yes. Amen. Do we get that? It's giving up something that gives you life to go to the one who gives you life. And, and I understand. I, I love it when people shut down social media because you need to disconnect from that. But social media doesn't give you life, right? If it does, we got bigger issues than, than, than food. So I want to encourage you, as you give up social media, give up something that, that you depend on on a daily basis. Not that something that's a convenience for you, like television's a convenience. It's not something that gives you life. But after 21 days of going without coffee that shouldn't give you life, it kind of gives you life, Amen. So I want to encourage you, as you're giving up something social media-wise and television-wise and electronic-wise, I want to encourage you to give up something also, something along the food category. Or if you are addicted to sugar, give up sugar for 21 days. Begin to detox your body because you have no idea what the toxins of the stuff we put in our body, how it desensitizes us from the things that God is trying to reveal to us. And it does. And, and, and you don't know this it until you step into it and you realize how desensitized we've become to the things that we put into our bodies. And so fasting is less about saying no to the body and more about saying yes to the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of times when we focus on fasting, and I, I struggle greatly with this when I fast, I'm always focusing on what I'm not getting and what, how many more days until I get to eat again and how many more hours is it going to take and, and how, many, how long till I get to lay down tonight and go to bed. Well, then I won't be able to sleep anyway. Because, you know, and I'm always focusing on the negative rather than focusing on the positives of the Holy Spirit that he's bringing into my life. And, and my, my prayer for my 21 day fast this through these 21 days is God I want to walk around these 21 days with such a spirit of joy like I want to be so joyful over these 21 days of prayer and fasting to show that food is not what gives me life but it is the Holy Spirit that gives me life and I want to feast on the nine fruit that the Bible talks about that come from the Holy Spirit rather than the food that I would normally eat on a daily basis and so I want to focus and feast on the things of God rather than the things of myself. So it's, it's, fasting is less about saying no to food and more about saying yes to the Holy Spirit. And so I want you to decide, to decide why are you fasting? 
Why are you fasting? And it's not to lose those 21 pounds over 21 days that you gained over the last 21 days of Christmas and New Year's and all the parties. And, and, and fasting is not a diet, okay? I mean, it can have dietary benefits. I mean, you're going to lose some weight when you begin to cut out the sugars and you cut out the, the foods and the processed stuff. And, and if you're doing the Whole30, that's awesome. Some of you are doing the Daniel fast, that's awesome. Some of you are doing a complete fast, that's awesome. You're going to lose some weight, but losing weight isn't the focus of a fast you may be losing weight physically but it's to gain weight in the spirit it's to gain great, gain great power in the spirit it's to gain things in the spirit that we can't gain in the flesh and so I want to encourage you guys today as we're starting 21 days of prayer and fasting make a fasting covenant make a fasting covenant and what I mean by that is, is don't just kind of guess and think, eh, I kind of think I'll do this or kind of think. No, begin to know exactly what you're going to do. Begin to know exactly what you're going to fast, what you're going to give up. And, and I would encourage you to do this. Write it down. Make it plain. Because about 10 days in, if you've given up sugar, you'll be telling yourself, did I really say I'd give up sugar? Did I say I'd give up all kinds of sugar? Maybe it was just the white processed sugar and it's not the brown raw sugar. Like, like I'll start justifying all this stuff in my head. You know, that's why I do extreme stuff sometimes because there is no, there is no, there is no going backwards from it. It's like it's all or nothing, you know, because I can justify my way out of certain things in my head, which literally means it's just compromising what I dedicated to God in my spirit. And so I want to encourage you, make a fasting covenant. Just, and and that's, that's, in a, that's a big church word for just saying, write down what you're going to do or what you're not going to do, right? Write down what you're going to do and what you're, what you're not going to do. And so here's some of the amazing breakthroughs that you'll have when you fast. Isaiah 58, 8 talks about you'll get health and healing through fasting. Some of you, the, the greatest things that, that your body needs, your body needs a physical healing but you don't realize all the sugars and processed food that you put in your body are the reason you got the achy joints, and it's really not early-onset arthritis. It's just a lot of bad stuff we've been eating for a long, long time, right? Amen. Come on, somebody. I want a Dr. Pepper more than anybody, but since I hadn't had one in about a year and a half, I'm not going to go back. <laughs> Come on now. And so with that, some of the things that you put in, that they begin to break down your physical body. And why is that important? Because a lot of people say, well, why are you always talking about the physical body? Because you only get one. And the Bible says this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. This church is not the temple of the Holy Spirit. This body, the Bible says, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I only get one of them. And if I only get one of them, Sean, and it's the temple of the Holy Spirit, I want to live here a long, long time and make a big, big impact for a great, great God. And I can't do that if I'm dead, dead way too early. <laughs> And so I want to encourage you in that it can bring health and healing. It can help you in overcoming and breaking poverty off your life. And poverty doesn't just mean money. Poverty literally means to be lack or deficient in any area. Maybe your marriage is in poverty, but your finances are good. Come on, somebody, that's good. Maybe your, your relationship with your kids are in poverty, but, but your, your career is okay. And so poverty means being lack or deficient in any area. And so it helps you overcome and breaking poverty and things that you're lack and deficient of, according to the book of Joel chapter 113 and Joel 2, 20, uh, 2 15 through 32. And this is an awesome one here. It helps break off bondages and addictions. And listen, here's the great thing. When you fast, it can have um, results not just for you, but people you're in relationship with. 
So if I know my kids are struggling with something, I can begin to go on a fast and seek God on their behalf as well as my behalf. And God can begin to break addictions and bondages off them just like he did off me or your grandparents. Or, and it goes up and down and side to side. And so if you have relatives or family members who are struggling with an addiction, bring that before God over the next 21 days and say, God, as I fast, I'm seeking your face because my family needs breakthrough in this area. Maybe you have loved ones that don't know Christ. They don't want to know Christ. They want nothing to do with this Jesus because they've been hurt in church, because they've been kicked out of church, because they've been ostracized because of things that they've done. Well, maybe you, as you go into breakthrough for prayer and fasting, can see your family be set free of bondages and addictions that have been plaguing them. Uh, a common term that, that churches use, and so I'll use this term, and I'll, I'll, I'll break this down in just a minute. A lot of people use the term generational curses. I use the term environmental curses because I believe the curse of the law was broken with Jesus Christ, but I also believe that if I grow up in a house where my grandparent was an alcoholic and my dad was an alcoholic and the only way I know how to cope is alcoholism, it becomes environmental and I learn sin from an environmental environment that I've been in I don't believe it's necessarily generational in the sense that I, I am predisposed to alcoholism, but I do believe it is environmental where I believe the, that's the only way I know how to cope with life. And so more than likely, I'll become that if that makes sense. And so it breaks off what the many people call generational curses, according to Isaiah 58, 12. And that's uh, family curses of poverty, divorce, Man, I know families that have had divorce after divorce after divorce. Their grandparents got divorced. Their, their parents got divorced. And now they're on their second or even third marriage. And, and you're praying for your kids that are 12 or 13 or 14. Oh, God, just don't let them get a divorce. What if you sacrifice now so they have the blessing later? Man, that's so powerful. And so um, there's sickness, alcoholism, suicide, idolatry, other demonic attachments can be broken off, uh, you and your children, because we have open doors in our life many times that we allow things to come in. Demonic powers can be broken, and Jesus said this, this kind can only come forth by prayer and fasting, according to Mark 9, uh, 29. And I want to stop right here and, and clarify this. People always say, Joel, why 21 days? Because I'm about to preach in just a minute about Daniel, and he did a 10-day fast. But why do we do a 21-day fast? And that's found in the book of Daniel, and it's found in the chapter number 10. And I want to read it to you real quick. The book of Daniel, chapter number 10. And Daniel, in verse number 2, says this, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning, and this literally means fasting, for three weeks, and I ate no delicacies, no meat, or no wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for three full weeks. On the 24th day of the first month, I was standing on the bank of the great river. Then he goes into this vision, and I want you to jump down um, to verse number, uh, verse number 12. And then it says, Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, from the first day. Everybody say the first day. That, that's today. That's exciting. So the minute you set out today to fast and to seek the face of God, God is already working on what you've been worrying about. God has already been working on what you've been worrying about since the first day. And so verse 12 says, And he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart under, to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words have been heard. Man, isn't that good that God still hears prayers? That, that excites me that the God of all eternity still listens to what Joel T. Meyer has to say when, he, when I bring him my prayers and my concern. And it says, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. 
And the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. But Michael, the archangel, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I was left there with the kings of Persia. And that represents the kings of Persia. It's talking about an earthly uh, historical account. But in the spiritual, it's talking about principalities that rule over certain areas. And so fasting for 21 days doesn't just set you free personally. It begins to break this region of the principalities that hold it back. So, so the things that, that, that this region struggles with, what if we as a church began to press in and seek God for 21 days and the racism off this region began to break? Come on, somebody. We, we deserve better than that. What if we began to pray and seek God for 21 days and poverty started being broken off this region? And I'm talking financial poverty now because 70% of our kids are on free or reduced lunches in schools. That means we got poverty issues in this region. What if from the first day today that we set out to humble ourselves and seek the face of almighty god god began to bring breakthrough in every area in this region and, and what god is doing and so i want to encourage you that that this the 21 days is for not just the breakthrough personally but it's for the breaking of principalities over this region and that's why we set out for 21 days to seek the face of god also it can do this it brings you wisdom and revelation in the things to come acts 13 14 talks about when paul and barnabas the ministered to the lord and fasted and the holy spirit said to them the holy spirit begins to speak to you as you begin to fast and pray and people always ask me this halfway through a fast joel what is the holy spirit telling you and a lot of times my answer is this it's nothing <laughs> it's nothing because usually god works with me like this and i pray he works differently with y'all i pray he starts speaking to y'all from second one when you start fasting usually he starts speaking to me the second my fast ends and so i'm giving him 21 days by faith knowing that he's going to talk to me at the end of 21 days. A lot of people say about day two, number, number two, they start hearing from God like they never heard before. I hope that is the case for you. I hope God starts speaking to you in ways you can't imagine. For my personal life, I don't want you to get discouraged because Pastor Joel, he usually doesn't hear from God a lot on a fast. Usually when it's done, though, I begin to see things like I've never seen before encounter the word of god that like i've never encountered it before hear from god in ways i've never heard from god before so as you fast you're fasting by faith that you know god is going to speak not just at some point he's speaking and you're opening up to receiving what god is going to say to you also it brings breakthrough do you need breakthrough in your life everybody needs breakthrough in your life i don't care who you are amen everybody needs a breakthrough in their life and you want this year to be better than the last year is the lord calling you to work and walk in to walk with him in a new way and are you being called to a new level of leader in ministry or in church or in some area of your life and if you need a breakthrough he is still the god of the breakthrough amen, amen? Right. and it would be awesome if all the breakthrough from god came with us doing nothing but sometimes it comes with us pressing in and humbling a lot more than us doing nothing and so over these next 21 days, I encourage you to read a, a couple of these passages of Scripture. Read Psalm 139 over and over. Psalm 139, just write it down and go home and read it. It's one of my favorite psalms. And if you want a good song to go with it, download Shane and Shane, Psalm 139. <laughs> it's an awesome song that goes with the psalm. And I promise I'll probably listen to that song 30 or 40 times over the next 21 days. Because it talks about, God, know my heart know my heart show me if there's anything evil on the inside of me show me any wickedness any bondages any area that that i need breakthrough in my life god show me 
what I need so I can see what you want me to see. And so today I want you to decide on how you're going to fast. And begin to fast today with us and write it down because it's awesome when you're fasting by yourself, but it's so much greater when you've got accountability in the church. You can show up next Sunday and know that person sitting next to you hadn't had a cup of coffee either. And we're not trying to cause a drought in our cafe, amen. We want to continue to serve coffee if you're not having coffee. And if you're not fasting coffee, I want you to drink some for me because I need some intercessory coffee at some point throughout this fast, amen. But in this time, I want to encourage you in what you're going to do. It's funner doing it with a group. It's funner doing it with a body of believers that you can do it with. So when the Bible talks about fasting, it's always talking about from food, never an activity. Fasting actually means in part to cover one's mouth. And so if you can't just if you can't fast food all day every day, maybe you just fast lunch every day for 21 days. Well, what do I do at my lunch hour? Pray. Read your Bible. Go spend time with God. Go walk in the park. Don't don't always take a nap, okay, to just get through the moment. <laughs> Press into the presence so you can see the power of God begin to work in your life. Maybe God's going to call you to do some intermittent fasting. So um, uh, a lot of people like to do this, and this is where I'm going to read from next in Daniel chapter number one, is follow the principles of the Daniel fast. And I want to read that because there's going to be um, some steps I give you right now in the next few minutes that are going to help you get through the fast and not just get through it, but come out overcoming, conquering, and blessed on the other side of it. So Daniel chapter number one, Verse number 8, and this is after the, the Babylonian Empire came over and took over Judah and Israel and brought them all into captivity into Babylon, and King Nebuchadnezzar got the top people of all of Israel and Judah, the smartest, the most athletic, the most uh, versed in, in different languages and, and all things, and he brought them into his court and said, I want you to train these people in the way of the Babylonians, and I want you with them to give me the smartest, the top, the best people to bring in so they can work for me at a high level. And so here's what happens in Daniel chapter number Daniel chapter number 8. It says, "But Daniel resolved." Everybody say resolved. If you're going to fast, it's going to take some resolve in your life that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he the chief of the eunuchs to therefore he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor. Everybody say, I need favor. God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief, chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear the, my lord, the king, who assigned your food and your drink. For why should I see that you are, were in worse condition than any of the youths who are of your own age? So, so, you, so you would endanger my head with the king. Then Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, which is Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Um, it says, test your servants for 10 days. And in the Bible, when you read the number 10, it always refers to the number of, test, of testing. And so the number 10 refers to testing. That's why the Bible says when you give your tithe, it's the first tenth, it's the first test of your finances. So Daniel said, test me for 10 days. Test your servants for 10 days and let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. So he went on what they call a Daniel fast. It's just uh, vegetables, nuts, and water, basically, is what it is. And there's a whole book on it if you want to go download that on Amazon. And it's a great book to read. And it says, test your servants for 10 days and let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. And let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed to you. 
and deal with your servants according to what you see. And so he, in, so he listened to them in this manner and tested them for 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, there's an ending point. Amen. So, some of us get so caught up in the moment of what we don't get, we forget that it does end at some point. It does end at some point. And at the end of 10 days, it was seen that they were in better appearance and fatter in the flesh than the youth. Now, some of y'all are like, I rebuke that. Come on. They're better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. And so the steward took away their food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. In verse 17, and as for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom and Daniel had understanding in all dreams and visions. So what is good for Daniel in the old covenant, now that we're in a new and greater covenant, is good for us in the new covenant to begin to understand things we've never understood before, begin to get results that we've never been given before. But here's some simple, quick steps I want you to write down that as we go through this, that, that'll help your fasting become a true success and you'll get breakthrough and encounter God's presence. Number one, be specific. Be specific in what you fast. Daniel was very specific. He said, I don't want the meat that the king's gonna give me, and here's my personal belief on that. Um, the reason why he didn't want the meat that the king was serving them is because a lot of meat in the Babylonian empire that they would feed the top people had been sacrificed to idols. And Daniel knew that God said, have no other gods before me. Do not make idols of graven image of wood or of stone or anything else. And do not eat foods that are sacrificed to idols, it says in the Bible. So Daniel's saying, I'm not going to eat what you've committed to a God that really isn't God. Come on, somebody, that's good. So he said, give me what is fresh from the ground. Give me what is made by God to sustain my life and so he was specific he said I want only vegetables and water to drink and the guy who was in charge of him was freaking out saying if I just give you vegetables you're going to lose a lot of weight and you're going to look uh you're going to look ugly and you're going to go before the king and I'm going to be in trouble not you because it was on me to take care of you and make sure that you grew and became healthy not you and Daniel said good then let's put it to the test my God over your food that's what I love about a fast. My God is greater than my food. My God is more powerful. My God is stronger. My God is better. My God is the sustainer. And so Daniel was not vague in his objection to the Babylonian diet. He defined the problem immediately. The king's food was against his dietary laws. Daniel and his friends vowed against the wine. And the king's food had been offered up to idols and demons. So he made no question about what was acceptable and what was not acceptable for him. So in your life, when you're kicking off this fast, just know what's acceptable and not acceptable for you. Know what is for you and what is not for you during this fast. And, 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 and Daniel was not vague in his objection to something. And there is no doubt that the favor of God is going to start coming on you before this fast is done. And you're going to have people invite you to lunch. Now, now listen to this. Happens to me all the time. I get more lunch invitations that somebody else wants to buy me lunch when I'm fasting than any other time in my life. <laughs> and I believe that two things. I number one, I believe it's the favor of God. But number two, I also believe this. It is testing me to see if I'm truly going to object to what I've covenanted to. I'm going to say no to the things for a certain time period, and I'm not going to compromise on my time period because of the blessing of the food that's set before me. 
here, would you eat this fruit and you'll be like God. I'm not going to fall into the trap that happened in the Garden of Eden. There's, the Bible says there's three sins that are common to man. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and pride of life. And don't fall into those traps just because food is offered to you. So number one, be specific. Number two, fast as a spiritual commitment, not a dietary plan. This is for me to know God. I don't want to lose weight. You know, I, we work out hard all year long. I don't work out hard all year long to lose weight the first 21 days of the year, right? Come on. But I'm going to be specific in what I do, and when I do it, I want a fasting to be a spiritual commitment, and I don't care what happens to the flesh. Okay? And I want you to hear that very clearly. I don't care what happens to my flesh. I don't care if I look emaciated. I don't care if I look like I hadn't eaten in five years. I don't care what happens to the flesh. Because the desires of the flesh are always contrary to the desires of God. And a lot of times when I'll put down the desires of the flesh, I'll find out what the desires of God are. And so as I do this, it's a spiritual commitment to God. The Daniel fast was a spiritual commitment to, committed to God. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Step number three, reflect inner desire with outward discipline. This is what we don't like. <laughs> there are spiritual disciplines that I pray that you do all the time. Some spiritual disciplines are reading the Word of God. Spiritual disciplines are praying every day. Spiritual disciplines are embarking in worship every single day. Spiritual disciplines are, are fasting. And, and some of those, those things are called spiritual disciplines. So let inner desire be reflected by outward discipline. If you really want it, let's go for it. Right? A lot of people want to lose weight, but they don't really want to lose weight. Because their inner desire isn't greater than their outward discipline. But when your inner desire becomes greater than, your, greater than your outward discipline, your inner desire will create outward disciplines in your life. And a lot of our outward disciplines are, aren't, aren't what they need to be because the inner desire isn't what it needs to be. And so, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I'm, when I do extended fast, I struggle because I really, really, really like eating. It's really fun. I mean, I love eating. It's one of the, my favorite things to do. I mean, I'm not lying. Eating is like a hobby for me. It's great. But I have an inner desire for me to eat at the king's table rather than my table. I have an inner desire to eat from what comes from the Holy Spirit than what comes from the flesh that is set before me. I have an inner desire, and so I want to reflect that in my outward disciplines, that my desire for God is greater than anything that this world has to offer this morning. Number four is this. Pray to perceive sin's role in your life and this is where it gets big it's where i go to psalm 139 and i'm going to turn there real quick because i do have a few extra minutes this morning psalm 139 and in the last two verses say this search me O god and know my heart try me and know my thoughts see if there be any grievous or wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting sometimes we get going through life so much we don't really realize how close we walk the line of sin a lot of times in our life and, and we don't realize that sin like the bible says in the book of genesis cain sin is crouching at your door and it desires to master you but you must master it desires to have you but you must master it so it's always crouching at your door you know one of the th things that that i find most ironic that people put 
we categorize sin, but we always think it's okay to still gossip when the Bible says gossip is one of the worst sins you could ever do. But because we want to categorize sin in certain ways, we think, oh, if I just talk a little bit like this and make it a prayer request about somebody rather than a, all right, come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about. The gossip stuff, gossip is held way high in God's eyes if something don't do. But a lot of times on Facebook, we'll just post something and not realize it's on the verge of gossip. Why is gossip so, such, a, such a, a detrimental thing in the church? Because it divides the body of Christ. It divides the body of Christ. I'm going to say it again. Gossip divides the body of Christ. And I pray that God would convict my heart of even the things that I say are the little white lies. There is no such thing as the little white lie. The Bible says if you've sinned once, you're separated from God for all eternity. If we've fallen short in even the least of the jot or tittle, that means the crossing of the T or the dotting of the I, we are the, we're just as the worst sinner that has ever lived, the Bible says. So, so I take it heavy when I fast and I look at this. I want to perceive what sin's role is in my life because I'm not so great to think that I don't fall short of the glory of God sometimes. <laughs> and it's probably more than I would like to even realize. And so pray that in your life. And a scripture that goes along with that is James 5, 13 through 18. It says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing a song of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, not just sin, sins plural, he will be forgiven. Can we just give God a hand clap for forgiveness today? Amen. I mean, I'm so grateful for forgiveness. Because even though I'm born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb, there are days that I still stumble and fall greatly. And I'm so grateful that I can get up and look up and, and, and with the blood of Jesus, dust the dirt off that I've just fallen into and leave the sin behind me and understand the forgiveness is still real for Joel and step into the newness of who God's created me to be. Yeah. Man, that is so good. And it says, if he sins, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, listen to this, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And a lot of times we do a lot of confessing to God, but God says you need to get an accountability partner. And husbands and wife, your greatest accountability partner is your spouse. So confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Listen to this. It gives an example, and this is what James compares you to. James compares you to this. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful as it is working. Elijah was a man in a nature just like ours. He's already comparing you to one of the greatest prophets that ever lived. Elijah was a man just like we are in a nature just like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months it did not rain. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. Sometimes when we get set aside or when we're getting trapped in sin, we don't realize what's hindering our prayers. But when we start fasting and praying and saying, God, separate me from the lifestyles that are holding me um, from entering your presence in a, in a level where I see fruitful results and separate me from those things. And Lord, I ask for forgiveness in that. And in that I want to step into the power that there is in praying that's why it's 21 days of prayer and fasting and watch what God begins to change in your life the pray, he prayed again and the heavens opened up and gave rain and the earth bore its fruit 
And so I want to encourage you as you pray, step into the, what, what is in your life. Step number five, fast as a statement of faith to others. Daniel was making a statement of faith when he asked for only vegetables to eat and water to drink. He didn't eat in private. He didn't have his own, have his own room in his own restaurant. He didn't have his own Starbucks where he could go and get what he wanted. He went there with everybody else watching that these four people were just going to eat vegetables for the next tw- 10 days and drink water. And everybody was watching fast as a statement to your faith. And I'm not saying go around and tell everybody at, at your workplace, oh, I'm just fasting the next 21 days. Don't come around me and I'm going to be holy unto the Lord. No, that's being stupid. But when people ask you, why, 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 why can't you have Starbucks this week? Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm fasting. I would love for you to pray for me over the next 21 days as I'm fasting for breakthrough in my life, as I'm fasting to hear God's voice, as I'm fasting to encounter the power of God. And you know, I went on a 40-day fast over a year ago, about a year and three months ago. I was just finishing it up. And you know, as I was fasting as a statement to my faith, it was real obvious that I had lost about 50 pounds. I mean, you just don't lose 50 pounds and it not be obvious. And it was real obvious. And the funny thing is, and I want you to hear my heart when I say this, I got criticized by people in the body of Christ, but I got praised by people who were lost, saying, I love seeing people who actually live out their faith and do what they say they believe. And I had people in the church say, well, I guess you just don't believe in grace. Oh, I believe in grace. It's by grace that I'm standing here. It's by grace that I'm breathing and living and having my very life. But I also believe in aspiring to holiness and becoming like Christ-like in every aspect of my life. And I'm going to put the flesh aside so I can step into what is divine in my life and step into the power of God for my life. And so with you're going on, if you get criticized by the body of Christ, pray for them more, but, but fast as a statement of your faith that I believe Jesus is greater and stronger and more powerful than anything that I could get physically into my life. So I'm going to the spiritual side of my life, which is the the real me come on somebody the physical you isn't the real you it's the spiritual you that needs to come alive and burst on the inside of you number six is this learn the effects of the food that you eat through this time as you're giving up food and certain soft drinks and sugary drinks and coffees and caffeine and 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 i promise you this the first three days you're gonna have a headache okay you're gonna have a headache so just get over it you're gonna have the headache but drink a ton of water because it helps you get over it a lot quicker. Okay? And so with that, learn the effects of the food that you eat. If you have a lot of achy joints in your life, it's not because you're getting older. You need to see the amount of sugar intake that you have. Because it causes drastic problems in your joints. And just as you fast start, and you start feeling better, find out what you quit eating or quit drinking... And maybe you just need to stay away from that for a lifetime. You can do it for 21 days. You can do it for an eternity. Come on, that's awesome. And God can bring great breakthrough. Because in this, the Holy Spirit is here to show you things to come. Alan and Kim, he wants to show you how to live the next 50 years of your life so you cannot just enjoy your grandbabies, but your grandbabies' babies. Amen? And so he wants that in your life. Number seven, here's, here's the key. Yield all the results to God. Yield every result to God. 
I go into a fast with great expectations and also no expectations. And I say great expectations because I know he's going to move, but no expectations because I'm not putting my expectations on God. I'm letting God download his expectations into me. I go into it with great expectation, but no expectation. I know he's going to move, but I'm not going to put him in the box of how to move. I know he's going to speak to me, but I'm not going to put him in a box that he's got to speak in a certain way. And when he doesn't, my expectations are, are limited or lowered because he didn't move how I wanted him to. That's not the purpose of a fast. The fast is you to get in on how God's moving, not for God to get in on how you're moving. And so leave all the results to God as, as it says in Daniel chapter 1, verse number 13. And he said, test your servants, and after 10 days we'll see. And then after that seems best to you. He put it back in the hands of God, knowing that God would work in his life in a way that he wouldn't have to compromise his faith. A great chapter for you to write down is Isaiah 58, verses 1 through 12. And I'm going to start in verse number 6, because I'm going to pray this as a prayer over your life. And when I get done with this prayer, I want to open up a time of prayer at the altar. I want to open up the communion table of God. If you want to go take communion, the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to give you time this morning to start your 21 days of prayer and fasting off on the right foot with prayer. A lot of times people get in the controversy, well, do we work or do we pray? Not And always forgetting that prayer is the actual work. Prayer is the work. We're going to pray before we meet. We're going to pray as we meet. We're going to pray when we're done meeting. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to talk to God. And we're going to pray some more. Prayer is the work. And I'm going to pray as I'm setting up chairs because that work still has to be done too. Prayer is the work. And so you never stop praying. And if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, even here this morning, and you're asking the question, why would these people, why would these people give up food for 21 days? Because Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is God's Son who was sent to this earth. And he was crucified and died on a cross for me. And his blood was shed for me. And he was spit on and he was mocked and his beard was ripped out. And he had nails in his hands and his feet. And he was stabbed in his side with a sword. And a crown of thorns was placed on his head. And he bled and suffered a brutal death for me. So I don't fast in return because you can't pay that back. You can't pay that back. I don't care if you died just like that. You weren't perfect to start with, so you can't pay it back. But I can pay it forward. I can't pay it back, so I can pay it forward, though. And so if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I want you to go to any of these prayer partners that are standing around this auditorium and go to them and say, tell me about this Jesus. And they're going to lead you in a prayer this morning. And you'll encounter Christ in a way that you never have before. It's transformational, it's revolutionary, and it'll change your life forever. And this morning, as we close this service, I'm going to go ahead and ask everybody to stand. And when I get done reading this and say amen, I'm going to ask everybody to just go somewhere and pray. Go to the altar, go get in a corner, go with a prayer partner if you need breakthrough. If you want somebody to come in agreement with your fast, I want you to go to somebody that may be next to you, maybe to the aisle behind you, but, but, but do something that's going to step you out of the seat that you're in.